So uh, you guys know uh, I host this podcast, Daily as the Producer. Now we're coming into an episode with uh, Dyke Topia, Caitlin Lee. Uh, they're a comedy duo. They do a lot of cool events. Um, really, it's a really fun episode. Yeah, I enjoyed being the quote-unquote fly on the wall for, <laughs> for this conversation. Um, plenty of times where I had to resist laughing out loud. Right. Speaking of which, there was a fly in the studio, and it did not bother us during the interview, which I'm very glad about. Yes. Uh, you know, it's interesting thing. People talk about, like, uh, comedy comes from sadness. And so, like, sometimes when you have, like, a serious conversation with a comedian, it can be, like, not bad, just not, they're not, it's not always what you expect. Maybe a little more somber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And in this case, um, with both of them, we were able to talk about very serious and vulnerable things. But it was still like high energy and a lot of fun. I feel like I learned a lot about their perspective as uh, queer women in comedy, uh, like their journeys in engaging with comedy. Like, mm -hmm. Just a lot of like cool kind of gems in this interview. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, we're both really excited to engage more with Dyktopia and go see a live show. Yeah, um, and so hopefully you all will have that same reaction too uh, and want to follow along on their journey and uh, have some laughs along the way. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you guys check it out. Now, I always try to remi remind you to uh, like and subscribe and please leave reviews. That helps us a lot. Share the show with other people. Um, I'm proud of the interviews we do here. Daily does a lot of hard work editing them, uh, which saves me the work of editing them. So, uh, you know, like uh, we would like more people to engage. So however you can support it, I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, should we send them on to the show? Yeah. Go check it out. Welcome to How Art is Born, a podcast from the Museum of Contemporary Art Denver about the origins of artists and their creative and artistic practices. I'm your host, R. Allen Brooks, artist, writer, and professor. Today I'm joined by stand-up comedians, co-creators, and co-hosts of the delightfully unhinged queer comedy variety show, Dyktopia, Keg McLaughlin and Lee Robinson. Say hello. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Thank you guys hello. for being here. Cool, okay, so to start off, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Lee Robinson. Um, I'm a stand-up comedian here in Denver. And do you want us to talk about the show? Should we dive into the show? Should we do like a little personal? Well, uh, yeah, the personal thing, and then we'll get more into like what you're doing now and how it evolved. The personal. Vulnerable, remember? I love it. Getting vulnerable. Um, vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, no, I've um, been doing stand-up. I started in improv comedy. Okay. And you did too, right? No, just kidding. You took some improv disdain, classes, though. right? The look wow. of disdain. It's so stand up <laughs> comics have this weird, like, improv versus stand up. Yeah. Don't need to get into it. <laughs> we do a ton of improv in our show. That's like half of our show is all right. improvised. So, anyway, so I started an improv comedy, got into stand up after. Um, I was actually in a stand up group with Ed Bell, hmm. another comedian, okay. and he was like, "You have to do, you have to do stand up. Like, nice. stop doing improv." But he was actively doing it. Um, so probably like four or five years ago, hmm. and. Yeah, run a couple shows and yeah. obviously do Dectopia with Kate. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. All right, Kate, a little of who you are. Um, hi, I'm Kate. I'm a stand-up comedian here in Denver. And let's see, I started doing stand-up about six years ago in Durango, Colorado, my hometown, a teeny little place. And yeah, I've, I'd wanted to do stand-up like my whole life huh. it was my dream as a kid was to be on snl oh wow that was like my i had like an snl themed birthday when i was How 10 old? and stuff wow yeah it was cute it was really cute That's so cute. wait okay i i want to know like what what is what makes an snl themed birthday like i said so <laughs> was it was it like <laughs> hats and like or were, were there were there comedy performances did you guys do sketches no oh man <laughs> You would have been an Is amazing party planner. No, <laughs> none of these things. I think we just had it on in the background, like um, wow. best of videos and oh, stuff. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really, it was a treat. Um, okay, so you're from Durango. Mm -hmm. um, where are you from originally? I am uh, originally from the great state of Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Something no one's ever said before. <laughs> Technically, I was born in Kentucky, and then my, my parents hopped over 
to Southeast Missouri. Tell them your town's claim to fame. Oh, uh, which one? The, the, the Cape the, Girardeau. There's a lot of claims. Many claims to fame. It's it's like what's is it what's is it notoriety? Sure. I I associate notoriety with like Paris Hilton, like fun, but like negative. Like uh, we don't have any. So so I'm from a town called Cape Girardeau. Okay. Uh, where the river turns a thousand tails because we're right on the Mississippi River. All right. Um, but yeah, Rush Limbaugh's from there. <laughs> we <laughs> that kind of really gives you the whole vibe of yeah. But yeah. I've been in Denver coming up on eight years, which okay. is wild. Nice. Um, so Denver is kind of hometown now. Okay, so I, I'm interested in. Um, so you had that SNL party early on. Like, what for you guys was the first? sort of connection to comedy? Like, do you remember a time when it was like, you saw it and you were like, this is something I want to do or that it spoke to you really strongly? I have a family that really likes comedy. Okay. Uh, my mom it was an English teacher and is very witty. Yeah. And loves puns. Nice. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, really enjoyed like Tom Swifties and those kinds of things. And then my dad is funny in the sense that he would just say whatever was on his mind. Mm -hmm. And some of the times it was insane. <laughs> and so the both, but I was really influenced by both of them. And then we also like, you know, my dad showed me the jerk when I was like okay. really young yeah. and he loved Steve Martin and we loved Saturday Night Live. And I think I've always just been very intrigued by like comedy and show business okay. and so yeah, so that was kind of like ever present in your in your life. Ever present, okay. yeah, yeah. And then Lee, you mentioned that uh, before we started talk, before we started recording, you mentioned that you had uh, a lot of your childhood was divorced from pop culture. Oh yeah. So how did you connect with comedy? <laughs> I'm just listening to what you just said, Kate. I'm like, God, that sounds so fun. That sounds so <laughs> the SNL party. Or cool everything. SNL party. No, just like yeah, just like having a kind of familial culture of mm -hmm. fun right. not really the vibes yeah. in my hometown so yeah I, I wouldn't say i had honestly and this is like really deeply embarrassing but like probably my first like con concept of comedy was like the lonely islands like huh. andy sandberg's yeah well it's just like pretty recent you it's know what i mean like here. i love thank you <laughs> no i love them like i love that the album they put out i love their stuff on yeah. i love i did love snl um but i wasn't like an avid fan or anything right. um but i never really like i was always just like funny like i was voted class clown nice as was my old yeah heck yeah as was my older brother and my younger brother i have three wow. three three of us and my mom was so pissed she was like, like family championship yeah and it was just like <laughs> my, what my mom right. yeah yeah like we did it <laughs> but my mom didn't want that to, she was like uh, what about most likely to succeed and i'm like well you know this is kind of what happens right um, so yeah, I wouldn't say I really had like any like early inspiration or anything like that. Okay. So you were sort of like the cut up in school, stuff like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, so this is you sort of generating your own comedy before you're connecting to the like pop culture comedy. Right. So it was just sort of innate. Would you say that was? Yeah, I guess it would have had to be. Yeah. Cause and otherwise, like, I mean, I've always been goofy and like, right. kind of like, you know, always dressing up for like class days and stuff. Yeah. Like the mo, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like goofy, goofy people, right? Yeah. Um, and I do wish I had like some more, more connection to pop culture because then it's, I think it's easier to find your voice that way. If right. you're like, oh, well, I'm kind of like this and a little bit like yeah. that. Um, but we're well, still here. Yeah, you're here. So it's really interesting um, to me to hear. Like, I guess as a corollary to that first question, the the second part of it would be what is the point that you decided that you wanted to make comedy, that you wanted to like pursue it as an art for yourselves? Um, I, I always was writing little plays hmm. and in fifth grade for the talent show, I wrote a musical about Elian Gonzalez. Do you oh, remember wow. him? Yeah. yeah. What? We're a news family. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to hear how this led to comedy. But, uh, yeah. So it was a lot. It was like other Broadway songs changed to the lyrics to be about Elian oh, Gonzalez. Wow. Okay. I worked really hard on it. I went to Catholic school and I did it at auditions and they were like, absolutely not. And I was like, okay. Uh -huh. 
Okay. But, uh, so I think, and then when I got past high school and into adulthood, I always had the desire for it, but had extreme anxiety Mm. about like, and I think what a lot of it was, was finding my voice. Like I knew I wanted to be funny. I knew I wanted to entertain. I didn't know how to do it. Hmm. And so I just ended up being like, the jokester in any friend group or workplace right. for a long time. That's interesting. Okay, so you had that desire, but you didn't have a a, a venue like a to express it. Outlet, yeah. yeah, yeah, or even um, I think I stopped myself from taking it. Like I, it was such a vulnerable thing. You have right. to really put yourself out there. Right when you perform on stage compared to just like joking around with friends, it was a level that I wasn't confident enough for. Hmm. I said this uh, when I, in season one, when I interviewed Janae Burris, uh, that like, I think comedy is the only kind of entertainment where an audience is daring you to make them react in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So like, like if, I, if I'm doing music or something, the audience is into it or they're not, you know, but with comedy, it's like, Make me laugh. (laughs) And so I think there's a different level of challenge and opposition that you as comedians have to face. Yeah, some some people are more in like, I don't know, especially some venues in town. Like Uh at Comedy Works, people go there expecting to have a good time. Yeah. So in some ways, I feel like it's easier to get them to laugh Mm -hmm. because they like are expecting that. But there are audiences out there where you have to prove something to them. Right. And it's very annoying (laughs) are you here to have fun why are you here yeah it's like you paid to be here now you're like making me sing for my supper it's very strange (laughs) the museum of contemporary art denver has a robust schedule of summer programming at our freeze building in downtown denver and the holiday theater in the highlands from rooftop concerts with local musicians to offbeat interactive lectures with mismatched subjects b-side music fridays runs every friday july 7th through august 25th 2023 at the MCA Denver Freeze Building. Mixed Taste runs every Wednesday, July 12th through August 16th, 2023 at MCA Denver at the Holiday Theater. Okay, well, so Lee, uh, how about for you, uh, was there a clear time where you were like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create comedy for people. I mean, let's see. I did my first like improv jam when I was 25. I was okay. with my best friend in Austin. He was like, let's do this thing, huh. knowing that like I did deeply want to do that, but yeah. I was so scared. And so we did it. And it was just like, it was like at a big time for like self growth. And like I was reading like a million self help books. And I was like, yeah. I knew I had an out, like I knew I had a craving for right. more, like a yearning for more. Um, cause I wasn't really happy like doing my day job and I was like, I have stuff to say. I have things, you know, I have, um, this ability, but I was like super scared, mm-hmm. right? It's just scary. It is scary to put yourself out there. Right. And so I did that jam and then I came home and I signed up for an improv class mm-hmm. And then when I, the improv class, it was like the cheapest one available in town. Right on. It was at some guy's apartment. <laughs> the guy who owns Chaos Bloom now. It's okay. so improv. It's so improv. And I show up and um, he's, he, he's not there. So we're all standing outside of his apartment <laughs> being like, did we just get scammed out of a hundred bucks? Like, right. what the heck? Anyways. That led, that was the great start to my career in improv. And then I was in like three groups, had a lot of fun. Like I really loved it. But again, it was like that, that like nagging thing of like, I have more to say. Uh And and it's improv is so fun. Like I would say like 5% of the time when you're on stage, it's magical. The other 95% doing or watching is garbage. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I, <laughs> we've all been there. We've all supported a friend. I've been that it's person. True. People have come to support. And it's just so bad. And I was like, I was just like, Ed g- gave me that push and was yeah. like, you really have to, to do stand-up. Like, there's not a career ladder in improv in Denver. Like, in other places, perhaps. But you're also doing sketch or you're doing character monologue, like, stand-up. And, and that just doesn't really exist here. And so he pushed me into that. And it's just super addictive. Like once mm. you kind of start, it's like, oh my well, god. Okay, so this is interesting. So for you both, at the point where you're deciding I'm going to do it, is it like you write like a tight five or something and hit open mics? Like, what's the next step? 
So for most people, yes, uh-huh. that I um I've never been good at like internet research, uh, and I have had a long history of clicking on the first link to something and then like <laughs> SNF. Yeah. yeah, and then just be like, <laughs> mission accomplished. Right. And so I finally, I was like 24, I think, and I finally like couldn't take it anymore. I was like, I'm gonna do stand up. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure you experienced too. You joke your whole life, oh, yeah. and people are like, you're so funny. You should do stand up. Right. So I'm psyching myself up. I'm gonna do it. I click on. I just type in open mic Denver. And the first thing I click on is a showcase at the improv. Oh. What? <laughs> Which was like, like Stephen AJ was on the showcase and like other comics that I'd recognize, but I don't remember their name. Like it was like a big deal. I don't know why they had a sign up format. <laughs> right. What? But I emailed them and they were like, congratulations, you made the showcase. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Now this is interesting. So I want to like, so did, did did you have to send samples of you just no. you just applied? I yeah, I wish I remembered more about the pro it was about ten years ago. Dear so. Sirs or Madam. So that was very funny or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I I don't think I had to have like references or anything. Because normally a showcase you'd send a tape or something. Mm-hmm. And maybe they just needed butts and seats. I'm really not sure. It's interesting. Because they but I really just did not understand anything about it. And I invited everyone i've ever met my <laughs> ex-boyfriend brought his parents wow like all my coworkers, oh my, God. my family drove in from durango wow six hour drive everybody was like this is kate's break <laughs> <laughs> it was so okay and i think that i had a delusional energy that was really leading the charge on it you yeah. know what i mean like it's this I is not this did, is not on them this did is you on think me. it was your break I don't know what I thought. Uh, I, yeah, because I, I didn't know anything about how it went. Yeah. So I was well, like, yeah, this, you know, stranger things have happened. How like, much time between when you got accepted and when it w- was happening? Like a week. <laughs> so you had a week to prepare. Yeah. So I, I had, I mean, like, you know, before you start, I had jokes and like, I'm pretty story based. So okay. I had a lot of stories. Yeah. And I remember practicing and I was like, I'm going to practice six minutes of material so in case i talk quickly it'll be a tight five (laughs) and i got there and i instantly was like what the fuck have i done and like everything (laughs) got so real and i got there like two and a half hours early (laughs) which now i'd say i'm a pretty solid 15 before i'm asked to be there that's like yeah what i do So I got there two hours. I could have seen a movie across the street in the time that I got there. (laughs) And I spoke so quickly that I was up there for three minutes. Wow. And I just put the mic back and ran off the stage. (laughs) And the host literally was like, that was it. (laughs) (laughs) And I I didn't do stand-up for like, four years after that i don't even count that as my like start i mean obviously it was an epic start did it feel like did it feel bad to you it felt so bad yeah like i i was talking so quickly the Mm. lights were so bright how was the audience i oh the only thing i remember is seeing my one friend laugh and i instantly was like She's just doing this to make uh, me feel better. Like, I don't, you know, we'll never know for sure if she was right. actually laughing or not because of my mind. <laughs> the thing that you have to understand is that usually everyone gets their first time right. at an open mic in a basement right. where 10 people are not paying attention. No, yeah, like, the Denver like, Improv right. is... Uh, uh, like I'm the Squire sh- or something, right? Like, I'm yeah. shook. Like, like, that is... <laughs> and That's then you crazy. Invite, I mean... I think that's really wholesome. I think that's so <laughs> cute. Like, definitely delusional. Delu- right. yeah, Delulu. Delusional. Like, yeah. I just can't believe that was your first. That would. I'm surprised you ever got back up and did stand up. That's pretty, pretty epic. <laughs> well, I didn't. And then I went to a few other open mics, mm. like a few, mm-hmm. but no one really talked to me, which is now I completely understand. Because yeah. there are new open mic people every day. Right. Unless you're like the mayor of photographic memory, you're not going to possibly <laughs> like get everyone down. 
Um, and I didn't really do it again until I went to Durango because it was like Newtown, Clean Slate. Okay. So now you're like 28? Yeah, I'm 28. Okay. And so you, yeah. you do it in Durango. I do it in Durango. Um, oh my God, that's such good math. I just turned 28. <laughs> you're so cool. <laughs> But uh, gay people are really bad at math. So <laughs> I... Uh, I'll let that be your quote, not mine. <laughs> yeah, you should name the episode that. <laughs> right. And then yeah. with your picture. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that should be your merch if you don't have any. <laughs> okay, so how does, was it just a regular... Like, did you get encouraged to do it? Was it just you just yeah, decided to Yeah, I mean, I was still cracking a bunch of jokes. Yeah. And like, you know, everyone I had ever met was at that first show. So they were asking follow-up questions. Right. Like, are you doing this again? Like, <laughs> what's been going years. on? Yeah, yeah. It's been four years. Like, you seem still very interested in it. Right. And my just, my anxiety was just off the charts. I uh -huh. could not, nothing about it brought me joy right. at all. And open mics, you wait there for like three hours sometimes to go up there for three minutes. Right. Audiences aren't listening. Yeah. I had no idea, but Durango had a really different scene because it's such a small town that because there just aren't a lot of things to do, shows or mics are like an actual event that people come to. So there were audience members. Yeah. And there were only like 10 other comics in town. Huh. So we all got, they noticed that someone new was there because like, obviously. Yeah. And it was just a much more wholesome scene. And I couldn't, I couldn't do comedy today if I hadn't gone home. I would have just. Wow. Yeah. Not really done because it was a, and then for years, no one was invited to my shows. Yeah. Like. Because you felt like you had to. Like, yeah, well, I was like, it. I'm not doing that again. I've been <laughs> once bitten, twice shy. Right. So, yeah, uh, about two years ago, people were allowed to, like, come see me. And now it's, like, not, it's sweet when friends come. That's really cool. It's to the point where friends, like, don't care as much with every show I'm in, which I think is okay. Yeah. It's happening regularly enough that they're like, we'll get you next time. Okay, so it's, it's cool to hear the journey. All right, so then, yeah, yeah. Like, what was the first significant one like for you um well what's funny is the first open mic i went to janae burris hosted that oh, nice. at the black buzzard Fun. in the basement of oscar blues and it was the same thing it was just like no one wants to be friends with me yeah. it's so like it's a really weird isolating experience starting out um i remember sarah benson i don't know if you ever knew her she lives in like vermont now um but I saw her and she was so sweet and I just walked up to her and I think this wasn't even at the first mic, but one of the first mics I saw her coming around regularly and I was like, hi, do you want to be my friend? Huh. <sighs> well, I was just like, it was just like a mis it's a miserable experience. Yeah. And like, especially when no one knows you, like they just, there's so many people. So you just, it's a total grind. And like, that was like 2019, wow. maybe. I started at, yeah, like the very end of 2018 into 2019. And okay. then I just like hit it. Like there, I worked in Boulder. And so like there would be nights where I would like do a mic in Boulder, go up to Longmont and then drive down to Denver and do wow. three in a night. And now I could never imagine doing that. Like huh. Robin Williams used to do. Yeah. Do, yeah. 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 I mean, as yeah. if I could get three shows in a night, absolutely. Yeah, right. but, yeah. but three. Three paid spot. Three paid spot. <laughs> oh, honey. Um, but yeah, things have just changed after the the pandemic. I think like there's so many less mics. Oh. Um, and like just things kind of have shifted in the scene. That like yeah. different comics left or quit. A lot of new comics come into the huh. scene. Kate came here. Yes. That was amazing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I whenever I did that first mic with Janae, I mean, I was just like, this is horrible i didn't tell anyone well okay so um, what was horrible like was it the same kind of thing did so okay you wrote your material for it yeah yeah um w was it five minutes for you it or? was like uh like four or five minutes okay. yeah i had been writing a lot and so you get up and like what is it you just bomb like, yeah you just bomb huh. you know you right like you were talking about music yeah and, and yeah, people are really, you can kind of see see people visually like vibing to your music or right. maybe they're kind of not as engaged, yeah. right? When you don't hear people laughing, you know it's your fault. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, right. you know, I mean, not always because again, at open mics, it's, it's attended a lot of the times in Denver by 
other comedians who are I was gonna ask going that. up. Like, are other comedians supportive, or are they like, do they laugh at each other's jokes? Is the, it depends. It depends. Yeah. yeah, I am. I need to be better at this in the sense that when it's my friends on stage, right. I pay attention uh, and laugh. Yeah. Or if it's someone I've seen before that I like know hmm. they're gonna be funny. Um, there are a few mics in town where it's like pretty standard practice for like the one at the Skylark, everybody listens to each other. Yeah. Uh, and it's really nice. Yeah. Like it's but other places like the Irish Rover oh, no. <laughs> I'm not I'm not inside uh, hearing other people. Right. Like Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's it, each mic has its own culture and you kind of know. Okay. Yeah, like like there's a, a mic at Blush and Blue and like I always do well there, <laughs> but because nice. there's a, there's at least one table of lesbians there, yeah. and then the comics are polite. Like mm-hmm. there's a like there's That's a cool. lot of politeness, but like when I started, that was my memory. I mean, I was also so bad at comedy, so like I right. wouldn't have wanted to laugh at my shit either. No one's, uh, no one's good. So, uh, Nate Lund, uh, yeah. is it? yes. Uh, so I went to uh, I went to a comedy open mic to watch maybe like seven years ago and he was hosting it. I think it was like Three Kings or one of those places. Oh, yeah. Wow. On Broadway. And, that's yeah. no longer open, yes. right? Yeah, it's something else now. It's, but he did HQ. a... HQ. Yeah. So he did a... Uh, he did a thing. In, he was hosting. He did a thing in between. He was like, here's my impression of a, a first-time comedian. And I can't do justice to what he did, but basically it was all like the most uh, sort of like vulgar, offensive jokes. <laughs> yeah. And then he was like, why is anybody laughing? Like, <laughs> yeah. And I've yeah. noticed that when a, like a, a, like a first time or like early, inexperienced comedian is bombing, they become more offensive to try to like provoke oh, yeah. some kind of reaction. Yes, yes. So I want to know like what it was like, like did you guys fall into that at all? Or mm, like, no. you know, just what it was like in that environment, you know? For me, I, I struggle with that a lot with uh, other people. Like I, that was actually why it was really hard for me because of just the constant like now, like, you know, we don't go to Mike's as often because we'll be booked on shows right. the same nights. Um, but like sometimes I'll even today I'll go to Mike's. And I'm like, Jesus, like you hear slurs and yeah. stuff. And it's right. It's insane. It's awful. The only time I've ever heckled was when. <laughs> and that's was appropriate. Yeah. Great time to heckle. They, they likely yeah. deserved it. They right. definitely yeah. deserved it. And that that was just like, I remember like not even just people on stage saying unhinged stuff, but like people coming up to you. Like I remember mm. one time in one of my first mics, a guy came up to me and tried to start, this was 2019, tried to start debating me on like trans athletes getting huh. to play sports. Oh good. And I was just like, <laughs> leave me alone. So it's like, it's just kind of like a lot of incel men right. who you'll never see again and will never have a career. You have to like sit through that. It's just like sludge. It's just yeah. detritus of the comedy scene. Huh. And like those it's so people, well said, but yeah, yeah you know, really right? Beautiful. Yeah, but it's like when you're in that. I don't know if it, this happened in Durango because it was like such a small scene. Like it was just such a like I felt like I had to kind of cocoon myself away and yeah. like because I was just like these people are awful. I don't know anyone, but like I have this belief that like I am funny and my voice does deserve to be on stage. Right, and that's like part of the seeds of like wanting to start a show like Dictopia to create a space for queer comedians and other people who like get shit on constantly by these like straight white men who think they're the next Joe Rogan. It's like, honey, sit down. You're, you're not (laughs) sorry. (laughs) I have a lot of feelings. (laughs) This is is actually a perfect segue because uh, I noticed earlier that you said, I feel like I have something to say. So um, a lot of times when I'm talking to creative people on this podcast, it's the question of, do you create art to heal yourself or to say something to the world, or both. And so I'm interested in what place comedy occupies for both of you. Is it to bring something to the world that isn't there, or to help people, or like, or is it just to heal yourself? I think in sharing my point of view, I have healed a lot of myself. Yeah. That it, I think that my first objective is to like write funny things especially because a lot of my jokes are personal stories Mm. that having like reclamation over the narrative of like embarrassing or weird things that have happened to me it's been a very healing thing so i'd say both that's dope yeah it's Mm. been it's been really cool Mm. 
um, to like take moments that were very humiliating and then bring other people joy with them. NCA Denver at the Holiday Theater is a year-round performance and event space that is an extension of the Museum of Contemporary Art Denver. The Holiday is home to a spectrum of creative expression, including original productions, live music, film screenings, artist talks, and serial programming like Mixed Taste and Cinema Azteca, as well as performances and events presented by other cultural organizations. The theater is also available for private rentals. Visit mcadenver.org forward slash holiday dash theater to learn more. In the process of, like, just trying to be silly, I've been able to have more control over the narrative of my life. Yeah. And that's been very powerful. Like, I didn't expect it because, you know, my objective has always been just, like, make people laugh. Right. So, yeah. I love your stories. They're so good. Oh, that's very nice. I've made a lot of mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Lots <laughs> <laughs> to draw so, from. Lots to draw from. That's good. A good repository. Um, let's see. So it's it's heal yourself versus or, or heal the world. Basically, heal, well, <laughs> uh, I've got a lot of jokes on fisting that I don't think really fit into the that category. Hey, fisting has its the, place. It heal, <laughs> wow, you had to act it out. Nice. I'm sorry for people. Sorry, people who are just the folks at home. right who are just listening. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to go to the YouTube for that one. Yeah, go to the YouTube to see Kate's inaccurate portrayal of fisting. <laughs> it's not okay. Here's my thing: it, it fisting, didn't seem very fisting has a, a branding problem because you don't punch. <laughs> but we won't. We don't need to go in deeper because yeah. there was this a He-Man is, character <laughs> yeah. named Fisto. Fisting. Really? Oh wait, what? Yes. Yeah. What does Fisto look like? Yeah, he had a giant metallic fist. And it was like Masters of Universe. Queer his icon. Name, his name was, <laughs> yeah. his name yes. was Fisto. Fisto. We got to look him yeah. up. So you're welcome for that. Fisto sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, back to me. Healing. Yes, healing. <laughs> right. Back to me healing the world yes. with comedy, like Bo Burnham said. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's so funny because like Bo Burnham does have that song about healing the world with mm-hmm. comedy. And um, I don't know. Like I, I don't like think that my... I think Dyktopia can be a really healing place for queer people to yeah. come and like laugh because a lot of people have never been to a comedy show or they have been and they've had bad experiences right. where, you know, you're the butt of the joke, right? So I think, you know, not to like blow smoke up our own, you know, thing, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I think that it can be and like, I love doing I love doing the show yeah. with you and I love that we get to have yeah, a space yeah. where queer people can have fun and laugh yeah. and be safe. Um, but I do think it's healed me personally. Oh my god, like so much. Like That's really dope. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like a beautiful thing. The like too. the community oh. is healing. You find your voice through comedy. Right. You can like be comfortable and become like someone you never thought you could be, which is really cool. Yeah. Okay, so I say this as uh, an outsider, like somebody who's never done stand-up comedy, but it seems like so much of comedy is about identifying an essential truth, like shining light on the truth that people haven't gotten to. Um, I often say this about art in general, that art takes these intangible things and makes them tangible so that we have a way to confront or Mm -hmm. find our way through them. So even if you had like jokes about fisting, for example, like (laughs) if, that's something that people feel shame about or haven't been able to discuss. The fact that you are able to bring it into like regular life, real life, yeah. becomes healing, you know? Yeah. So I, I wanna know, uh, is that you're like, when you guys are writing stuff, are you trying to express a truth to yourselves? Or are you more just thinking about what's funny? We are absolutely insane. We are, we get together and we just, we're not, there's no, yeah, there's no like, I mean, I I wouldn't say like we sit down and we're like, how are we going to have an impact on people? We just, what do we think is funny? What, what's the most ridiculous thing we could think of? Like in our last show, we, we partnered with Cheer Colorado, a queer cheerleading group and they wrote us a custom chant and they came out nice. did a full routine we came out did like thigh stands with wow. them wow. and we were cheer- doing a chant about strap-ons they had the like <laughs> they had the str it was it just wow. it every time we just it's really just like what do we think is funny right. and our audience will go along with it a lot of the times huh i think to me a lot of what 
makes comedy moving is when people are their most like not relatable but themselves like that's always comedy writing advice mm. is to make it really specifically about you hmm. and that that ends up that's what makes me laugh the most like being real yeah, yeah like uh, do you know john mulaney yeah did you see his most recent special about uh, did you see baby J? I'm just asking everyone in the room for those of you that are, <laughs> did you? But um, People at home, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah. tell me. <laughs> and it's all about his like stint in rehab yeah. and divorce. Wow. And it's so funny. I'm I'm not making it sound funny, but, but it was it, one of the best. Because it's honest and true, right? It was yeah. so honest. It was so true. I, that's what everyone loved about Richard Pryor. Oh, like Tig, Tig Notaro. Oh, yeah. That's what everyone loves about Tig yeah. Notaro. Yeah, did, yeah. Uh, like did that uh, routine, fi like right after finding out that, uh, like a cancer diagnosis. Yeah, cancer. But then also she went through a breakup. Yeah. And then she also had some other yeah, issue like going. All these disasters yeah. And went on stage. Yeah. I think that's. I, and, but I think the empowering thing for people who are uh, watching or listening is that, oh, I've never had words for this. Oh, somebody else feels this. Somebody else has experienced. Yeah, and so it's not. And by speaking about yourself and your experiences, that I think is what is a much more broad access mm -hmm. to people than trying to like please everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because like, I lost it. Sorry. That's, that's all right. Well, <laughs> I was just going to agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, then yeah. I want to say uh, so you guys, you did stand up comedy on your own for uh, like a couple years each. Mm -hmm. Would that be right? And then. Combined your powers to create Dictopia. Yeah, we. <laughs> yeah. So I would love to hear I was like, how hey, you seem together. like a huge fucking idiot. So am I. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I prefer the term clown. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, I forgot your extensive clown work. I. Uh, how did you guys meet? So we met through a friend, uh, Kate Strobel. Hmm. She had us. We all grabbed beers when I first moved to Denver. Okay. Because Kate was a friend of mine. And then I told her I was moving to Denver, and she wanted to introduce me to other comedians. Nice. Yeah, and I'm very thankful. And then uh, we didn't really hang out, or we weren't on any shows together. Then I booked you on a show. And then you booked me on a oh, show. Nice. And I had bought this, like, gag gift of Barbie tarot cards, okay. which I, I don't know anything about tarot, really. Yes. But I brought them because I knew there'd be other gay people on the show, <laughs> and that's a big part of the queer community is like tarot and astrology. I was like, tarot or Barbie? I didn't know, but okay. Barbie. Honestly, oh, both. both, actually. Nice. Yeah, so I was a little ahead of the time, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> this was in 2021. And then we were just like joking at the show about if maybe doing a show of doing like fake tarot readings. Yeah. And then, I mean, what, you, you know more. Not you don't know more, but you have more to add. <laughs> <laughs> you were there. I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we were joking about it, but then you you followed up with me on Facebook Messenger. Nice. Facebook the Messenger. Yeah, and you said you said something like we should really do that bad like bad astrology readings or whatever. Huh. And then we just started talking, and then like over, I think we just started like kicking it more like at shows and stuff yeah. and like at rita's law oh God, all those yeah. wednesdays it was this venue that's closed down okay rest in peace but there was a week kate strobel who is now my roommate uh -huh. um ran a weekly show there so okay. people would just kind of come hang out and stuff nice. it was like the weekly hangout thing and um we just kept talking and it kind of evolved and then i quit my job i got a different job and i had three weeks off in july and i was like let's do it Let's yeah. just throw it in someone's yeah. backyard. Let's just, let's go. Um, and yeah, the rest is history, <laughs> as they say. I love this. Okay. From the jump, it was really collaborative um, mm. because it instantly became not a normal comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like for a normal comedy show is like a host, comics, a headliner. Okay. But we, that wasn't our idea to begin with. So it's kind of been able to go wherever we want it to go. And that's been at times exhausting, mm -hmm. but at other times, like really cool. <laughs> We've gotten to do the dumbest things. Like 
We have a game called Finger It Out <laughs> where we show close up of celebrities' hands. Okay. And someone in the audience has to guess what's a lesbian. What nice. yeah, what queer celebrities' hands that are. We have this game that we've done twice now called Battle of the Signs, where we just get one person from each astrological sign to like compete against each other and like egg tosses and shit. Like we <laughs> so we dumb. get to really just paint with all the colors and wow. it's been very nice it sounds epic i just want to acknowledge the word so lesbian it's my first time hearing an epic oh, it's really good. Is it a good yeah it's a great. So lesbian yeah. you'll have to come to our nice. show you'll yeah. have to come yeah, yeah come hang out right on. it's my parents came to the last yeah. one and How that was, was that? their that was their first time seeing me do comedy ever That's how so was that for you, you. i was anxious yeah. i was so anxious oh my god um, but they loved it. Huh. They are like Dyktopia number one fans now. That's my mom's so like, cool. we need to talk about merchandise oh, and wow. social yeah. media. Nice. You know, so I love that. It's so funny. Um, she's so sweet. But but yeah, we we've had some highbrow stuff like yeah. K McLaughlin Book Club. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kate, there's a there's a lesbian writer named Kate McLaughlin oh. that Not always right. always comes up when Kate you Google Kate McLaughlin. Right. Yeah. And so we've done it several times where we've ordered her books are include things like Ten Little Lesbians, Rip Van Dyke. Uh, what was the Christmas tree one? Christmas Crush. Christmas Crush. Like it's wow. so bad. They're self-published. They're self-published. Wow. We love her. She's an icon to us. We should reach out to her to get her on the show, we actually. Get Kate on the show. We should. Oh my God. But we'll do we'll make people come up and do dramatic stage readings with us right. and stuff. We've made we've rewritten the lyrics to like Twelve Days of Christmas at a holiday show and made everyone stand up and sing. Like yeah. we just get to have the dumbest, gayest time and it's like really it's so cool. It's so that. cool. Huh. Yeah. Okay, so this is really cool. So you guys come together and you you create this event, a series of events. I guess um given what you've shared about like your journeys and all that stuff. When you do an event, what represents success? Like, what makes you feel like, hey, we did something cool. Like, I want to do another mm. one. I think telling each other we're geniuses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something we often text Every each time. other and <laughs> tell each other constantly. I mean, we've been, we're the luckiest comics in Denver, yeah. I think, in the yeah. sense that we have a very loving, appreciative audience. Yeah. And the joy is pretty palpable hmm. to have like a queer space right? and to see, you can just tell that a lot of the people in there are really like letting loose yeah. because they're in the space. Wow. And it's, I mean, we're really lucky that we just have heard really special things from our audience. And that to me feels like massive success. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nothing is more motivating than that. Like, uh, having an audience that just says, we see you, and we're here for whatever deranged stuff you're going <laughs> to do next. Like, it's just like, I mean, I, I literally have chills, which is, you know. I know, I'm like It's just like, yeah. it's so cool. Like, no, not many people are lucky to have an audience like this that is right. just so, like, gung-ho. And, like, another thing that helps me feel like a success is when I feel like we've connected on stage really well. Mm. And we're, like, in sync. Like, we leave after a game or something. We're like, that was awesome. Right. We crushed yeah. that. That was so, yeah. yeah. Like, we were just like, that was amazing. We're killing it. You know, like, in the moment of the show. Right. And then, like, the planning. There's just so much planning. Because every show we do is custom, pretty okay. much. Um, we, in our... In our Denver shows, everything is new okay. each time. Wow. How, so how it, often do you do it? Well, last year we did one a month and it broke us. That's yeah. a lot. And That's a lot. we had to take like three months off. Yeah. Of, we also threw a festival. And wow. That was, what the fuck was that, man? <laughs> We've learned a lot. We've yeah. learned so much. What was the festival called? Camp Dyktopia. Nice. <laughs> And it was on a really lovely queer-owned farm in uh, Lakewood. Okay. Littleton, Littleton. In, on the Littleton-Lakewood border. Exactly. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Everyone knows the <laughs> <laughs> I just know that Strobes grew up, like, really close to it. So I know it was on the... Good this old is for another podcast. This isn't even that geography. This is for another <laughs> podcast, I guess. And... We had live music right. and like art fair wow. and porta potties 
and okay. I'm naming that's how all, you know it, that makes it a real festival. I'm naming all these things outside our wheelhouse that I personally was not prepared for whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I know way too much about how much it costs to get porta potties now, <laughs> and like I think we we collectively decided that like in 2023 and beyond, like let's focus on comedy and like yeah. having fun together. And it was just it was just a the biggest event either of us have ever done in our whole whole right. lives of 700 people wow. two days we flew in a comic from LA it was just a lot of new at once and I think um we were like let's focus on being funny and like I having say, fun together it's very cool that uh that both of you move forward like doing your own stand-up and then brought your stuff together but then like created a festival like even though it was a lot you know so many people are constantly stuck in waiting for opportunities yeah you know like waiting for people to put them on the show that kind of thing have that problem last year (laughs) there was almost too many opportunities which is a good thing yeah and to say that it sounds it sounds like i i don't know i'm i'm anxious that it comes off as ungrateful or something for us to say that it was like, oh, so many offers, and we just took them all, and we hated it. Your gratitude is acknowledged. Okay. It, it, it's well, recorded. on that note, then, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have all these problems, but, yeah, it felt really good this year to learn to say yes to things that we mm. both were 100%, like, fuck yeah. yeah. So well, it's not monthly now. How often is it? Every other month. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, that <laughs> it, makes a it difference. It does cut it in half. Yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, so, and I think it's it's still good enough because like we we actually have traveled the show for the first time, which oh. I think is like again coming back to like focusing on the comedy versus like a, doing a big events and right. stuff. Like we got to travel the show for the first time. Nice. We went to Portland yeah. and, and Seattle. Oh. It was so fun. Congrats. That's so cool. we're yeah, thanks. It was just it was super cool. And we're going to go to Durango, Kate's hometown, next nice. month, almost this month, July. Um, and I think it's just been like, yeah, like pulling back and being like, okay, we have a lot of good opportunities right. in front of us because we have that audience that is so grateful and excited to engage with what we do. Yeah. But pulling it back to like, what are our goals in comedy and together? Right. And I just, I'm excited for every, like we're, we brought our podcast back. We're going to do, we're at like a real studio now. Um, hmm. And we have like more travel like in the future and stuff and bigger shows where we're bringing more people in. So I don't know. I think we're growing in the in the right yeah. ways yeah. and reducing a lot of the stress, like a whole show every month new. So it's yeah. like, what the, what, if, what was wrong with us? Right. Yeah. Well, I think maybe you guys can relate because you're also in the arts mm. that, Sometimes you, it feels like if you don't take every opportunity, yes, you're gonna miss out. Right. And as I talk about this with my therapist constantly, the like opportunities are buses, mm. not like the last chopper out of Vietnam. <laughs> like it's not. <laughs> well said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my therapist thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she. Yeah. Does she know you're a com- comedian? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Harder well, so laugh. now instead of just getting oh. a laugh out, they're like, why Why did you make that joke? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> You're supposed to be my audience. <laughs> yeah, like this is, a, hey, I'm paying to be here. Test you know that? Yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's been really exciting to figure out like what opportunities we want mm-hmm. and what, and that we don't have to make a million opportunities right. and we don't have to be in every event space like we can say yes to stuff that really excites us that's definitely like a phase of an entertainment career right it's yeah. like it begins with like hoping somebody will have you on something oh my god but then you get to a certain point where you're like okay now i have to say no to some of this stuff so i can focus on the results that i want exactly yeah, yeah. and i think it's just uh you know, we're coming up on our two-year anniversary, nice. which is wild, and it's that's not that long. It's it hasn't been that long, but it feels so long because yeah. we've learned so much, like together. Like we became friends right as the show started, right? And then it was just like a lot of learning and growing with each other, and like kind of what what is that called? Like norming and storming or something, where you. <laughs> 
Never heard that Sorry, yeah. my, my brain has been ruined by the business <laughs> world, but that's I a... I need you... I like that expression. ...to stop talking and tell everyone what norming and storming is. Um... It's like when you have a new team and everyone's trying to get used to like who does what and how things go and like what the vibe is going to be or whatever. Like it's a really boring corporate term. Like the, the basically the thing is, is like we came together, we learned, we had we had a really unbelievable amount of growth. Like we got put in a museum after we had like six shows. Nice. Like uh, which where where the Denver History Museum oh, put nice. us in their queer exhibit, which I think was just like hello imposter syndrome, like. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and like, that was really good and, yeah. and beautiful and amazing to be honored in that way. And then it was just like, well, we got to put the foot on the gas now. And like, you look, you know, looking back at last year, I was like, okay, we learned that that was not yeah. the, we, we did the gas and that right. was, you know, yeah. a learning lesson. And now we know where we're at this year and what we actually want to do. And it's just like so Very much cool. more. Okay, connected, so I'd say. You guys said that the show is part improv, part sort of scripted comedy. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Script a couple things. Okay, so. Scripted concepts. Yeah, there you and, go. And then you just kind of riff off of it. Is that? Yeah, because we'll do the like we'll open up the show with like we'll tell stories uh, or we'll start with like we'll do a bit together on stage. We're probably on stage for like twenty minutes together. Yeah. And then we bring on drag performers and stand up nice. comics. And then we play games with the audience in between. Okay. So we have like an idea, like, you know, the finger it out or whatever. And yeah. we bring people on and and that's when we kind of riff with each other and the audience member on stage. And it's like a prairie it's, home companion. You guys don't know what that is, do you? No, nope, I do. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely is, nothing like that. I just thought it was This is a big, okay. <laughs> Have you ever tried to explain to a grown adult what Lake Wobegon is? Because <laughs> right. it's hard and it's embarrassing for me, to be honest. I've tried I've tried to explain Lake Wobegon yeah. to you and my boyfriend, and it's just like... Little... That's the Fairy Home Companion. It's sort of a variety show sort of yeah uh, but it's very different and, and that's part of why i said it because i thought it was very different i thought it was and funny that was you. a good joke all right yeah dude. i'll laugh it, <laughs> you, you'll be like when one day i'll listen to it and then i'll be like what he said was funny five years ago no so when you guys are creating the show we talked uh you know i always ask everybody about fear so mm. um in your creation what kind of fears do you experience and how do you move through them in order to keep going my fears, it's, in a way, I'm lucky because they're not creative fears. Because, like, well, no, I mean, <laughs> we have fun. Like, our yeah. show is really fun. Yeah. My fear comes, and it's nothing you don't know. It's from, like, my place in <laughs> Dyctopia. And if I'm, like, getting enough done and contributing enough, mm -hmm. yeah. that's a lot of my fear but in a weird but then in it's also like a huge blessing that i'm not concerned about like what our product will be right yeah so when you're feeling that fear how do you move through it i don't know if i do move through it i think it's kind of always there with me hmm. uh your turn <laughs> <laughs> what I'll say it's an interesting Your thing. Your hands are just gripping Because <laughs> I talked to some, like, you know, everybody I talked to, we had this discussion. And yeah. um, so many creative people talk about fear is just part of the process. Like, mm -hmm. it's there. But as long as you don't let it stop you, you know, and you don't believe everything it tells you, right. then you, at the end, you have something that you created. So it's just always interesting to hear. So mm -hmm. that was interesting. Do you have an answer for that, Lee? Mm. Um... I don't know. I think I do. F I, I agree with what you said about the creativity. Like I feel like I trust like our creative mm. process together yeah. and I know we will come up with something amazing, yeah. you know, fun. and fun. And like, yeah. yeah, like that doesn't really stress me out. I think it is just like, it's like the other side of your coin. It's just like, there's just a lot of logistics with running the show. Yeah. And I was traumatized at an ad agency at an early age. So I'm pretty able. Right to send emails and stuff but we've we're coming along we're doing great we've changed so much like yeah oh my gosh in the past year like we've grown so much as a team yeah, yeah. and like 
I think we both know how to support each other better. Yeah. And on it makes stage a huge and in difference. Business. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's actually changed. I think our onstage chemistry is better, better. than uh, ever too yeah. because we're communicating about everything. That's cool. And it's yeah. yeah it's been really exciting. Yeah, I love yeah. it. We set up an LLC last year and that was it broke my fucking brain. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I <laughs> yeah, we set up an LLC and then it was just Two like it was just like taxes. I was just crying about taxes right. and crying about a lot of stuff. Which is just like at the end of the day, like I don't know, I feel like we've also kind of handled a lot of like the unfun parts right. of a very fun thing. Yeah. And then we get to be connected as friends and people and creators and and have the time to say, okay, yeah, we are going to bring on a cheerleading squad. We are going to bring out this friend yeah. from New York or whatever. And I think getting past a lot of those like bumps of setting up a lot of that stuff and like learning how to work and support each other better, yeah, has has opened up the creativity even more, which is really really that. cool. Yeah, because so often the business of art drains all the energy. So that you can't do the art, but it sounds like you guys are finding a pretty good balance with that. We're, we're working. We're we're, we're working on it. Is better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you gonna say something else? We both have like pretty debilitating ADHD. Huh. Um, Lee functions better in a corporate world, but it doesn't sound like by choice. So unfortunately, you know how to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's it's like, and then I've got a huge like level of anxiety around not being good at more like traditional corporate stuff. And then that makes me like worse at just contributing at all. And hmm. nothing Lee doesn't know. We discuss this constantly, yeah. but yeah, it's been pretty, uh, we've had to overcome a lot of <laughs> mental stuff. Yeah. Okay. But I want to brag on you. You booked a theater for us in Durango. Nice. Congratulations. Kate booked a theater. Got us an, an alumni discount too. Nice. Can you believe that? Nice. Those Skyhawks. So, <laughs> so I think that's, I don't know. I'm going to get you a cake. <laughs> nice. That's, that's fucking huge. Right. Nice, so thank you. we're killing the business part too. Okay. So uh, <laughs> what do you guys have coming up? What, what's, what's next on the horizon for you? Well, we do have the shows in Durango, but we're also going down to, we're going to go on Thursday to Albuquerque to our friends, actually your friend, Sarah, yeah. Sarah Kennedy um, and Kelly Trapnell. Yeah. They own um, Albuquerque's only comedy club, Dry oh. Heat Comedy. Yeah, it'll be our first New Mexico show. Yeah. Nice. So this will be our, this will be our th fourth state. Yeah, right. We're checking them we're off. Checking them off. Wow, that's um, cool. So we'll do that, and then we'll pop up to Durango for the weekend. Um, and, I, and we have our two-year anniversary show August twenty-fifth, also that's so cool. at the O. So, yeah. and then the, do you want to talk about the podcast? Yeah. So Lee and I run a podcast called Dictopia. The podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you guessed it. <laughs> and it started out with structure, and now. It's just mostly our thoughts on gay pop culture. Okay. Um, fun. And I'm loving it, dude. We're having a good. Do you know what the ultimatum is? Mm -mm. Well, you'll have to listen to uh, our podcast. Yes. <laughs> um, it's it's really nuts. It's so it's a dating show that's not good. Like the format's bad. Okay. But it was an all queer cast. Oh wow. So every lesbian was like, "This is who I am now," and <laughs> everyone just really held on to it. Huh. So. Did you see that Tiff and Vanessa were at Town Hall last weekend? Tiff and Vanessa? You gotta catch up. <laughs> Sounds like. From the ultimatum. Right. <laughs> uh, I was invited a year ago to be on Married at First Sight. I turned it down. But... Why? Why'd you turn it down? <laughs> I thought well, you were an artist, right? but. <laughs> Perfect avant-garde it, so, it was so surreal to me because it was like a producer specifically to my name, R. Allen Brooks. Uh, you know, where and like gave her a cell phone number. I looked up her IMDb. It was like legit. But I was like, what in my work or life makes me a, <laughs> a person that you would approach? And it's just not. It's just not my thing. But it, you know, now I'm so interested in watching the Denver season. I don't know when is it is. Is there a Denver season I mean, of Married at First Sight? Asking me to do it. Okay, yeah. I've never seen the show. Yeah. I mean, I can guess what it's it about. Right. Yeah. So you literally just get married to someone. Yes. At first sight, and then. They, you guess, have to be a certain type of... Yeah, I guess they like they match people 
and then okay. and, oh but, good but they don't see each other you know or meet each other and they meet at the wedding and it's a legal wedding and uh you have to get like if you you have to get divorced like really if you don't want to do it yeah it's a whole thing it's, and it's several seasons in and I'm sorry for everyone who wanted Dude. to see me on there, but <laughs> well, the they were recruiting for the new season of Love Is Blind in yeah. Denver. Oh wow! And I am really looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> and I hope oh, I hope man. I know at least one person that would make me watch a show like that. I don't right. know that usually. I want to know one person on there so bad. Oh, well, a big dream of mine is to be invited to one of the Love Is Blind weddings. Oh. to like be where they yeah. like you find out if they're going to get married or not that's like a huge bucket list thing wow. now that we've been to four states right. <laughs> you're going to need to get a completely different group of friends let me just tell you that you are you have really wholesome good connected friendships yeah, really good you need to go out more um, right. and just meet yeah. the drunkest girls well, on earth yeah you gotta you got things to do <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I always end by asking two questions. The first is, where can people find your stuff or interact with you online? Um, so you can find Dyketopia Comedy. It's at Dyketopia Comedy on Instagram. We're starting a TikTok soon. Nice. It's going to be cool. Um, but my, <laughs> yeah, new new avenues. Um, my Instagram handle is welcome to Chili's spelled with l-e-e-s i don't know man uh <laughs> and we also have a we have websites you can google us okay and then my instagram is kate gluck gluck it was a nickname in college that i was like this is gonna last forever <laughs> and uh it hasn't but i think gluck gluck is actually easier to spell and pronounce than my last yeah, name so i'm so not trouble. too worried about it it's so you're not the first <laughs> so funny. you won't be the last right. it's for real no one gets it oh well okay so then uh the final question is what is uh inspiring you these days like what movie tv whatever like what are you watching reading that's inspiring you creatively oh uh i just finished the bear season oh. two have you watched it i I was in Philly with my cousin. We watched the first four episodes of season one. Yeah. We just started watching. It's fantastic. It's so good. Yeah. And I was um, really cool to see like another medium of people really trying and caring yeah. through the food. Right. And I, it's a really powerful show. I'm like totally inspired by it. Mm. And then I also, um, Boy Genius is a band uh, and yeah. I've been listening to their new album uh, cool. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I love Boy Genius so much. Ugh. Um, I don't think we were recording. I was talking about being in a book moment mm -hmm. right now. One of the books I bought at the the gay bookstore in San Francisco was um, the Diaries of Lou Sullivan, hmm. who is an early trans mask like activist yeah. and writer, author, you know, icon generally. And so someone compiled and like edited down his diaries from like. A 30-year span. So I, I only just cracked that, but I was reading about him online last week because wow. a friend had shared some stuff. And then I was in the bookstore and I saw the, the book that had been referenced and when I saw it online, I was like, immediately need to get this <laughs> um, because his story is really cool. Like he, there was like um, the lesbian magazine on our backs was one of like, I don't know how long it ran, but they had personal ads in there. And one of the ones he he ran was around like, hey, send in, like, a couple bucks, and I'll send you, like, my magazine on, like, um, FTM, female to male transitioning or whatever, which, like, in the 80s was was huge. He, like, right. wrote and compiled this whole guide for trans people, huh. and that was, like, what I was looking at, and then I read about his, his diaries and stuff, and then I saw the book, and I was like, oh, my God. Wow. It's amazing. Is he still with us? I don't think he is. I don't think he uh, – I, actually, I know he's not. Um sad ending to to his life but yeah so i don't know i've just been feeling like this month i've been like i always just kind of get into a kick of like i want to read more queer literature and yeah. authors yeah. and for that to happen i was like oh, perfect i'm in this gay bookstore with all these amazing authors so i'm just feeling like really inspired by that right now yeah cool. i'll lend it to you all right i always love that question because i always get to hear about things that i don't know about you know things to check out and stuff like that so that's cool Hey, uh, I appreciate you guys being guests. It was a lot of fun. This was so fun. so fun. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. We had the best time. Thank yeah, you. Likewise. Right on. Special thank you to today's guest, Dyketopia. 
Thank you to the listeners. If you're not already, please be sure to subscribe to How Art Is Born wherever you get your podcast for more episodes. And if you can, leave a review. It really helps us out. Check out MCA Denver on YouTube and subscribe to the channel to watch the video version of this podcast and get behind-the-scenes clips from today's episode. Visit MCA Denver's current exhibitions, Tomashi Jackson Across the Universe and Anna Sularkis, Indigenous Absurdities. How Art is Born is produced and edited by Dele Johnson and executive produced by Courtney Law. Additional thanks to Rachel Grammis for their work on marketing support for this episode. Hey, if you love How Art Is Born, there's another podcast that I think you should check out. It's called Off The Walls, and it's all about the people and stories behind Denver's street art. In each episode, you'll meet artists, activists, and other Denverites to explore some powerful murals around town and why they matter. Find Off The Walls from Denverite and Colorado Public Radio wherever you get podcasts.